This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Do parents in lower-wage jobs face more challenges in raising good kids? We'll talk to an economist whose research findings may surprise you. The combination, particularly from having no paid time off, and you don't pick your schedule, your employer picks your schedule, means that a lot of low-wage parents just don't have the time to spend with kids. Then, adoption has been around since humans first walked the earth. But today, adoption practices have changed in dramatic and fascinating ways. Really a reshaping fundamentally. It's not around the edges here. This is a permanent, historic change that the Internet is instigating in adoption. Those two stories, and much more, are coming your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. Our show gets underway right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Do parents in lower-wage jobs face tougher challenges in raising their kids? The answer may surprise you. Here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Dr. Randy Albelda. She's an economist at the University of Massachusetts, and she recently co-authored a report called How Youth Are Put at Risk by Parents' Low-Wage Jobs. So your premise is that young people are affected in many unexpected ways when their parents don't make much money. What are some of those problems? Well, there's two separate issues that converge with being a low-wage worker. One is not having much income, and that's actually fairly well documented that poor families end up affecting youth outcomes. But what we focus on is the combination of low income and being in a low-wage job. And in the United States, a good bit of low-wage work not only has the quality of low earnings, but also several aspects of the quality of low-wage work, such as lack of benefits that come with low-wage work in the United States, particularly health care insurance and pay time off. The other is a lack of flexibility over time. A lot of low-wage work in the United States, you don't pick your schedule, your employer picks your schedule, and a lot of that, especially in retail and hospitality and other kinds of service work, you're not around a lot of times that your kids are around. And so the combination, particularly from having no paid time off and having no control over time, means that a lot of low-wage parents just don't have the time to spend with kids. With small kids, really small kids, they have to be looked after somebody. But a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 16-year-old can be on their own. And uh, a lot of research shows that a lot of kids get into trouble at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. For the purposes of your research, how did you define low income? We defined low income as having income that's 200% of the official poverty line. And we picked that because the official poverty line is so low that most researchers who do look at families that struggle, that have few resources, have pushed it up to this 200% of the poverty line. And in dollar terms, what would that be? For a family of three, it would be about $35,000 a year. That's assuming all income, both parents working or whatever. Yes, that would assume, yes, that's right. You know, there are some experts who say that lower wages are basically a long-term trend in our country for much of the workforce. What's your take on that? Is it a growing trend? 
it is a growing trend, and some of the fastest-growing jobs in the United States are low-wage jobs, cashiers, nurses' aides, janitors, retail clerks, food servers, elder care attendants, those kinds of workers. And it has become, depends on the estimates, between 25% and almost 30% of all workers have low wages. So it's not an insignificant number. And it has grown, particularly over the last 30 years, and I always like to talk about two paths to becoming low wage. One is from no wage, and the other is from a higher wage. And just generally speaking, there's been trends in the United States, both policy trends and employment trends, that have meant that men, particularly men without college degrees, have seen a decline in higher-paying jobs that are available to them, largely manufacturing. And so they're finding their path to low-wage work by moving down the economic ladder. And then in the 1980s and 1990s, there was a tremendous push, welfare reform, to push anyone receiving cash assistance into employment. And so there's actually been a fairly large increase of single moms pushed from very little or under-the-table wages into low-wage employment. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Randy Albelda. She's an economist at the University of Massachusetts, and she recently co-authored a report called How Youth Are Put at Risk by Parents' Low-Wage Jobs. Dr. Albelda, some of the things you described in terms of the difficulty of being around when kids come home from school, for example, that does not only apply to low-wage families. Most middle-class families, where both parents have to work, encounter those same challenges. Absolutely. There's no question about that. But the difference, and it's an important difference, is that, one, many higher-wage workers have more flexibility in their job. That is, they may be able to take time off to go meet a teacher at 4 o'clock in the afternoon if they need to. They also have more income. And one thing that we've seen with more parents working, especially women working, is substituting buying services for one's own time. So you can, if you are a higher income parent, even though you run into this trouble, you can probably purchase a fairly high quality after school program. So you know where your child is. Yes, Americans that have work, work long hours. And this is a problem that all parents face. But the consequences and the parameters of low wage work make it harder and tougher for low wage parents. You mentioned earlier that other countries deal with this issue differently than the U.S. Can you explain why you think that they have it right and we have it wrong? A lot of it has to do with employment policies. For example, the United States is, I think, one of maybe three countries at this point that doesn't have paid maternal leave. Now, that's for young children, but most countries require at least paid sick days. In the United States, employers provide that, but they don't have to. And something like over 50% of low-wage workers do not have any paid time off. So when they get sick, or more importantly, when a child gets sick, either you miss work and you miss a day's pay, or you have to scramble to take care of a kid. So it's sort of this penny-wise, pound-foolish type of policies that we have. But the United States is an outlier compared to other industrialized countries around both health care insurance for all workers as well as pay time off. This would seem to be kind of a catch-22 because consumers tend to shop at stores where prices are lower, and to keep their prices low, these stores probably can't pay their employees more. 
That's an interesting question. There's actually a good bit of research that suggests that that's not true. We find it in two ways. For example, Costco and Walmart are two sort of big box stores that rely on a lot of service workers, retail workers. And they have very different paths. You know, we pretty much know the Walmart path, which is a low-wage path and on-demand workers. Costco actually has taken a high-wage path, and they pay their workers a great deal more, and they reduce absenteeism, they reduce turnover. And as a result, you can make yourself more productive at higher wages. And this actually has been shown in studies that compare increases in minimum wage across states. What happens when you end up paying workers more, there are productivity gains that are made that more than compensate for increasing wages. Just to kind of wrap things up, if you were talking to a low-wage family who is struggling to get out of that trap or at least to deal with it, what would you say to them? Well, first I would say it's not your fault. You have to find an individual solution, but it's not an individual problem. And when someone comes around and asks about talking to employers about more flexible schedules for workers as opposed to employees or attempts to make jobs better, I would argue that that's worth doing. It may be hard and it may be long, but... These things are constructed, they're made, they're not set in stone. They don't have to be. There are possibilities for thinking about this differently. Dr. Randy Albelda from the University of Massachusetts, the co-author of a report called How Youth Are Put at Risk by Parents' Low-Wage Jobs. Thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thanks for having me. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, how has today's technology impacted the adoption process? The eye-opening story, coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead.